welcome everybody to the Patriot and the Preacher. I'm Mark Anthony, your Patriot. This is Pastor Todd Coconado, the Preacher. Hey, uh, I know we say this every week, but it does happen every week. We have a great show. We have three amazing guests, all very relevant, and we're excited to have them join us right now. You know, Todd, while so much is going on, as you and I were just discussing before we walked in the studio, the, the information is overwhelming that's out there. Well, I think that's one of the things they're trying to accomplish right now is yeah. an overwhelming of the populace so that people are just so overwhelmed. They're disconnected. They're not meeting with their church in some places. They're mm-hmm. you know, not going to work. It's like this total uh, revamp of society, Mark. Yeah, it absolutely is. And, and I think that, uh, you know, I've spoken to so many different people, leaders of faith. In fact, even our Frank Gary Bauer here in D.C., um, we need to really understand something that I, I just It's been on my heart. I want to say this to the listeners. Todd, I know you concur. If for one moment anybody believes that we can survive four years of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, you are sadly mistaken. You, If you have been paying attention to who he is appointing to his imaginary cabinet, they they are some of the scariest people out there. Radicals. Like the gentleman that was named Secretary of Defense that was in charge of training the people in Syria, the rebels, who, what, only seven got trained and hundreds of millions of dollars were spent. So we know they're not going to be good stewards. We also know that they don't believe in the exceptional nature of this country. Right. And I just want to make this very clear. This is the biggest turning point that this country probably has ever seen since the Civil War. And right now, as warriors, Todd, you're getting heat. I'm getting heat. Our colleagues are getting heat for saying this election is not over because it's not. No, of course it's not. I mean, first of all, it's it's the biggest theft in the history of our country. This is the biggest news of our lifetime. It's bigger than 9-11. It's bigger than the falling of the Berlin Wall and, and the Soviet Union. I mean, this is it, Mark. They're trying to steal our country, and people say it's a conspiracy. How is it a conspiracy when we have so much evidence? It's overwhelming. And I think in coming weeks, we're going to see even more of that evidence rolled out, Mark. And that's where there's a confidence in my heart, not, not, not only that pastors and Christians and people of God all around the world are praying, but I also think there's a second wind to this story that hasn't quite hit. It reminds me of when they were saying, what riots? They're all peaceful protests. Right. You know, uh, Russian collusion is absolutely real. And I have all this information. Remember Shifty Ship out there, all this information. It's the same as all these stories. And I keep saying that this is their latest version. And people are buying the mainstream corporate media narrative. But there's a lot more to this story that's not being reported on, Mark. Hmm. Yeah. You know, there's a lot that's not being reported on. And, you know, Oh, Elon Omar just revealed that the squad gave Biden a to-do list. Yeah, of course they did. <laughs> uh, so that's about as scary as, the, as it can get when you consider who Elon Omar is, her anti-American um, rhetoric and anti-Semitic rhetoric is deep in that woman. There is nothing American about her. She's an enemy from within, and that's just one instance. And so before we go any further, let me just, guys, give you an idea of of who our guests are. We're really excited. We have Steve Turley joining us again, Love our Steve. good friend. Yeah. Uh, he's going to sit down and uh, and talk to us about the current state of, of the election and what's really going on, what the possible outcomes are, and what we should be looking out for as far as deadlines and dates. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, the December 14th is not a hard set date in the Constitution. Right. The hard set date is January 20th. That's the hard set date. That is. Last time Turley was on, he took all of our talking points. The guy's so great, and he's such an eloquent speaker and uh, so well I know. Well informed, so it should be a really good interview. It's always informative. The guy knows what he's talking about, right? I always okay. love having him on because I know he'll come out and, and just really nail the subjects we want to focus in on. We also have somebody that actually I have known a long time. I, I didn't want to say this on the radio when we interviewed her, but I literally grew up listening to this woman. Melanie Morgan is a legend in broadcast out there in the Bay Area and so active. And so she's going to talk to us about Move America Forward. And it it is really amazing what they have done and how they do it in supporting our troops that are in harm's way. And so we are, uh, we're excited to have Melanie on. And now, Todd, this, this is really interesting. This uh, book by Robert Monahan called 
finding Vagano in search of the man whose testimony shook the church and the world. Todd, we just we just made the connection as we were talking to this author. This is the archbishop that wrote that open letter to President Trump. I mean, massive story. You know, yes. This guy just like took the, you know, peeled the scab off and yeah. showed the whole, you know, the new world order. And uh, we, you know, wow, we're, we talked to a guy that literally wrote a book about him, met with him, uh, knows the whole story. And you're going to hear a really amazing interview about that. Really amazing. In fact, this guy has exposed so much corruption he's in hiding yeah, yeah. he well, uh that, that he's in a surprise when you see what's going on you know absolutely so we're excited to have all of these guests join us we're going to just hit on a bunch of topics but we just want to say that america is here because god wants it to be here and it's been that way since the beginning and i think that right now if you value your freedom and you value living in this country this is not the time to give up or say something like God's in control. Yes, God's always in control, but he expects us to take action, right? That's right. Imagine if they would have said that in 1776, Mark. I mean, this right. is our version of 1776, and this is an actionable moment. Yes, this is 1776 squared, right? right? This is our second version of it. This is it. And uh, I just want, there are some amazing patriots that are standing up and saying that they won't put up with this, and that's what all of us should be doing. We know how powerful prayer is because we've read, well, we've seen it in our lives, but we know from the founders, that's what we depended on. That's their blueprint. It's why they did the impossible. Yeah, that's right, Mark. I mean, this is an exceptional country, uh, as we always refer to in this show, the, the bright you know, city on a hill, yeah. and, uh, you know, shining, and, and you know, everybody's wanted to be, emulate America, come to America. We have to preserve this republic in Jesus' name, right? Amen. So stick with us. We're going to be right back. We have three amazing guests. The news is up next. We'll be right back. And we're back with the Patriot and the Preacher. Let's see if we can do a lightning round of all the things that have happened. Yeah. So first, Todd, Go. Um, for those that don't know, I, you know, uh, remember when <laughs> the story about Hunter Biden came out and nobody covered it. Right. It was labeled as Russian disinformation. Yeah. Complete media blackout as usual. Uh, the laptop, all the different information. We were reporting on it. And, you know, you can go back to our previous shows. But, yeah, like you said, mainstream media was silent completely silent as a matter of fact when you when you just just for reference a coverage of the china spy eric salt swallow yeah. scandal which we're about to get into uh msnbc zero minutes abc zero nbc cbs zero cnn covered it for three minutes and 16 seconds it's been blacked out again yeah, what a surprise. And this is what they're going to do. And that's what they're going to, you know, I, I, they're already YouTube is censoring. They're saying they're going to take down anybody that has anything to do with election fraud now, Mark. And this is uh, substantial because a lot of people are reporting on the truth, you know, putting videos up, different things. They're going to take those videos down now. And this is a communist, tyrannical move. But, you know, a lot of people, there's there's creators that live off YouTube, Mark. That, right. You know, there's people that make living off the advertising. And so this is unbelievable what they're doing. It's unbelievable. Yeah, the censorship, yeah, the censorship isn't surprising. And then that brings us to Hunter and Joe and his brother. So now we know that his brother and Hunter are under federal investigation. They are targets of mo a money laundering investigation going on right now. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. What, days before the election, this story comes out. And yesterday, the Biden, quote, transition team released a statement that Joe Biden is very proud of his son, Todd. Right. Of course. And then the, the funny thing is they're trying to differentiate between Joe Biden and his son. Like it's some different, you know, like they're not connected. They're totally they're, separate. They're, right. <laughs> yeah. This is the guy who is set to, according to the mainstream media and, you know, half of America and all these pundits and everybody that's calling him president elect. This is the guy that's set to occupy the white house. And his son is an implicated in, you know, foreign, um, you know, this, 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 dealings with our enemies, China and Ukraine, other countries, you know, dealing with them financially. This is unbelievable. I mean, it should blow our minds, Mark. It should. And there should be more concern out there than there is right now. But everybody's following the narrative, not really looking into what's really going on. Yeah. Scary. And the implications of it, Todd. You know, we're going to get into China because you and I were talking about that before we went on the air. But this is 
it, 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 people say, well, China. All right, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Those Dominion voting machines were connected via modem. Does anybody want to know who owns those modems? Cell goes cellular. Yeah. Uh, and that's we a Chinese company. Huawei. We can't use Huawei because they're, you know, compromised. And so right. we don't use them, but, but we can vote with the Chinese systems, right? Right. And we, and we can put modems in the middle so that they can control the flow of information, which is exactly, Todd, what happened, right? Um, I really think that uh, when we're looking at the Chinese, and then we've got one of the biggest traders, honestly, in the Congress, Eric Swalwell, who not only ran for president, but spent four years calling Donald Trump, our president, an agent of Vladimir Putin. He accused Devin, he accused Devin Nunes. He went after a, Jim Jordan, calling them all agents of the Russian government. And here we see that he was messing around with a Chinese spy that was placed on his staff. And when asked when he had sex with her, he said, that's classified. <laughs> well, everything that they've accused this president of, whether it's Russian collusion, they did it, okay? Right. Whether it's the Ukraine hoax, prid quo pro, Joe Biden did it. You know, the, the, the same thing that you just mentioned, Swalwell did what he accused Donald Trump Jr. and Donald Trump of doing. So everything that they've said, they've done, and we have proof and evidence. Right. They didn't. They never did. They spent millions of dollars on these investigations. They got everybody all whacked out for years on, on their, you know, propaganda, mouthpiece, organization, mainstream media. But they did it, Mark. So we have the proof and the evidence. What's going to happen now? That's the question. That is the question. It's And what's going to happen next will determine our future as a nation, our lives, what happens moving forward, whether or not this nation stands for what's right which doesn't surprise me that some of us don't know what's right anymore and they follow a crowd. This is, I don't, you know, you could put, you could put the civil war and combine it with our revolutionary war. And that's the seriousness of where we are right now, because there's a lot of different avenues that'll bring us, um, that'll bring justice to what happened in this, in this election Todd. But at the end of the day, the American people need to take action. They need to be placing pressure on the state legislators that are part of this lawsuit or being sued, excuse me, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Georgia, Arizona, and Nevada for that matter of the place. Because if not, we can't just leave it up to the people that aren't taking a stand right now. Brian Kemp on video in front of a communist flag asking Chinese companies to invest in Georgia. That is on the gateway pundit i'm looking at the picture yeah. there's a chinese communist flag behind him yeah so it makes us wonder all the stories about governor kemp was he really on the take with the chinese and dominion it certainly seems so Frank. Yeah, I mean, Linwood and Sidney Powell are honorable people. I don't think they just make stuff up. And, uh, you know, we remember uh, other, I mean, there's been so many people that are compromised now uh, that, you know, I think it's going to be a plethora of information that comes out. We're going to see it's not just these people. There's many people in the political class and in the corporate uh, America that have been compromised by communist China. I think that's the next thing that's going to happen is a massive expose, Mark. And I think we're on the precipice of that right now. I agree. I agree. And so we'd, you know, as we're trying to, as we're seeing the, the truth start to trickle out, yeah, bear in mind that there's a lot more to come and we need to be on the lookout and be vigilant about, about saving this country because that's what it's going to take right now. And we've got more to talk about. In fact, Steve Turley is going to be joining us in a couple of minutes to go over the election. So stay with us. There's a lot more to talk about. And uh, thank you for joining us. We'll be right back. One, welcome back to the Patriot and the Preacher. We have a great guest and a friend of the show joining us again so that we can sort out what's actually going on. Dr. Steve Turley, welcome back to the show. Hey, Thanks, guys. It's great to be back with you. Uh, always good to have you. So uh, we've been waiting for you to come on so that you can kind of break down what's really going on um, because there's lots of conflicting information out there. So, Steve, does this Supreme Court case that has over 23 states that have joined it, is this something that can actually turn the tide? 
Yeah, it's definitely outcome determinative. That's what they were looking for. So as I understand it, that's that's the test case for the Supreme Court to take any case like this, like Bush v. Gore back in 2000. It's got to be outcome determinative. So in other words, if they were to side with the Trump team, it would change the results of the election as we have them thus far. So the Supreme Court's uh, go big or go home. Uh, if it's If it's if you're concerned about the constitutionality of your own state's, you know, uh, election, it's uh, improprieties, what have you, but it's not going to make a difference in the outcome, then take it up with your secretary of state, take it up in the next election, don't bother the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. uh, this is this is clearly um, outcome determinative. Anything filed by the Attorney General of Texas is a big deal. And then when you have um, one state filing with four others against four other states, Supreme Court by definition has to take that. When states start right. suing each other, it goes directly to the Supreme Court. So it was kind of it was a it was brilliant on that end. And now when you have all these other states coming in, and and then you're even having a Paxton or not Paxton, um, uh, what's his name now? I'm forgetting um, Mike Kelly and so, uh, the, the the Pennsylvania case, right? They're, they're even starting to, to, to looks like it consolidated into this one. Uh, Trump said he's going to be intervening in this as well, consolidating his case in this one. This is, this is the mother, the of, mother all cases. of all cases. Wow. This is the big case. If they uh, take this up, which they should, again, with the Texas Attorney General behind it, yeah. uh, uh, Ken Paxton, um, my heavens, this is gigantic. And it's a, and it's a very well-argued case. And in right. fact, they're, they're basically saying that these states have now for years been relaxing the, the constitutional plenary authority, as they call it, uh, given to legislatures alone to decide the place, time, and manner of election. They've been farming that out to non-legislative officials and bureaucrats for years. And now it is a officially as they're uh, contending, uh, change the outcome in election in such a way that's disenfranchised Texas voters. Texas voters have followed the law. We followed the Constitution. And now these guys haven't. And that is, in effect, violating the equal protection of law for, for the rest of us who are following the rules. So I think it's a very strong argument. You have several other states who are joining on there. So it'll be really fascinating. And Sam Alito's already... He's already telegraphed that he is very sympathetic to this argument. That's yeah, true. I mean, if you think about the guys involved here, you know, Clarence Thomas uh, was somebody who was targeted substantially by Joe Biden. During, yeah, that's right. I mean, it's kind of unbelievable when you see this circumstance of events here. He got Clarence Thomas Kavanaugh that just got eviscerated by, uh, mm -hmm. you know, his, his vice president, you know, so... Wow. I mean, this is uh, this is and, and, and like you said, it's the constitutionality of it is, is spot on. I mean, this is brilliant in the way it's been uh, argued here. I mean, it, it really makes sense. And, and the rule of law and the Constitution is on the line, you know, and, and, and the, the absurdity of it. I mean, this is this is the absurdity of it. You have in, when they cited four states, you've got Wisconsin, uh, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Georgia, all Republican legislatures, right? All re so these are the guys who claim to be champions of the Constitution. Mm -hmm. So if if uh, that's why there was even there was even talk of some representatives from the states that are being cited, that are being sued, actually joining the lawsuit, which would be really fat. Yes, please sue us. I'm sick and tired of dealing with this nonsense. Mm -hmm. But you even have a you have a triumvirate in Georgia where the Republicans. Uh, have a monopoly as in a sense they have the two chambers of the legislature and then they have the administration and governorship so it's it's absurd that we're even in this situation right now uh but nevertheless we are i mean i may i make the arguments because we have two different republican parties right, right. now a bit mm -hmm. of a civil war we thought the civil war was settled in 2016 it obviously is not so it's gonna be fascinating to see how this plays out so is the list is that you know you're taking us along on on the all the dis on the decision tree, if you will, on what could happen. So walk us through this. What's the best possible outcome? If they rule in favor of this, is it going back to the state legislator or are they the final word? So as I understand, there's two, two possible outcomes entailed in, in the case itself. The first one is this gets kicked back to the legislatures. 
who then are authorized by the Supreme Court to pick their own electors, given the fact that the Supreme Court sided with the Trump uh, team and declared the election in these four states specifically to have been to have uh, been unconstitutional, to have it, it failed to show uh, due process in their election. So, so the electors that have been chosen thus far by the secretaries of state, which shouldn't even been done, it should be right. through state legislatures. I found out it wasn't until 1938 that Pennsylvania started doing. I'm in I'm in the greater Pennsylvania area and. It wasn't until 1938 they started farming out this responsibility. So you have wonderful patriots like Senator, uh, State Senator Doug Mastriano. I just yes. had the privilege of, of interviewing. He's the one who spearheaded the Gettysburg hearings. And uh, he's trying to get this authority back. Uh, and he's meeting, getting stubborn resistance from fellow Republicans. But regardless, uh, this would kick it back to the legislature to choose their own uh, electors, which of course, if I mean, they'd commit suicide as a party if they didn't do this, but they would choose pro-Trump electors since all four states are Republican-dominated legislatures. And they would go in and they would, uh, on uh, December 14th, give Donald Trump uh, the, the presidency. Again, the, um, the, the technical date, as I understand, is January 6th, where the Senate and the, the president of the Senate who is Vice President um, Pence, he actually ends up certifying the, the electors. He can refrain from doing that on the 6th. There's all kinds of leverage that can still be used. It's really quite fascinating. So it's really not till you get to the 20th that you have actually your first set date, which mm -hmm. is the inauguration date. And even then you could have the Speaker of the House as de facto president until it still it works itself out. But that would be the one is just, just goes back to the state legislatures. The legislatures choose the electors. And in that case, Biden will not have 270 electors. Uh, President Trump will. Or if the if they get cold feet, they can kick it into the House of Representatives. That's the second outworking in this suit. And if it goes into the House of Representatives, then every state sends a delegation. It's not the representatives that vote, it's the states that vote in the chamber of the House of Representatives and every state sends a delegation. And this is interesting, you guys, because you know, you're in California, what are you, you're the fourth largest economy in the world, I forget. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what, guys? Delaware gets every bit the same vote as California yeah. in that situation, right? right. So. So Thank California you. gets one vote, Delaware gets vote. The delegation can only cast a single vote, and I, I and it's based on the makeup of next year's uh, um, sorry next year's state legislatures, which, as I understand, the latest count is thirty Republican, and I think it's nineteen Democrat. I think there's still one getting state getting worked out, but worst case scenario, thirty Republican uh, state legislatures and. Uh, 20 Democrat state legislatures. So Trump would win in that scenario, 30 to 20. Even if you're using new math. Even if, you're using new, even if you had a, a, a Judas uh, state in there, it would be you know, 29, 21. That's right. Yeah, so. I just can't imagine these people freaking out. I mean, when it, like 2016, but worse. Oh, <laughs> it's my, oh my. Yeah. And that's interesting because the first thing Trump did is he kicked out all his non-loyalists from the uh, Department of Defense, which That's is right. very interesting. Again, yeah, wise, wise. And, you know, there's another option, which is a little more conspiratorial, but is a possibility, is the Insurrection Act. You know, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, there's still that with his uh, infamous 2018 executive order that uh, talked about foreign intervention or interference in election, which we know there has been. So he's got, you know, merit there. And that's another possibility that people aren't really talking about, Steve. Uh, th there is. I mean, there's all kinds of possibilities you could even have uh, a full certification of the electors. And all you need is one senator and one um, congressman. Uh, to to uh, to voice like in a like in a marriage to voice their uh, a marriage Displeasure. ceremony right. to voice their um, uh, you know their opposition to this and it can right. itself get kicked back into the House of Representatives. So Ted Cruz might have some rumblings that he's going to challenge this. Mm -hmm. Someone like a Jim Jordan of Ohio, there's rumblings he's going to. This is by I know YouTube thinks this is over. <laughs> 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 they told us that in an email uh, the other day. Right. I know they think this is over. 
That is fake news. This is not over by any stretch of the imagination. Right. No, Thank it's God not. For Rumble, right? We got some alternative <laughs> other platforms. Thank That's God. That's right. That's right. Please, man. So, Steve, you you are um, you're doing a you're doing a, a podcast, yes? With uh, so, tell us about that before you go. Well, so I have my primary my YouTube channel, but then uh, we also set up a podcast as well. We got a lot of uh, commentary from people saying, you know, they'd love to hear me on the road as it were. So, um, if you end up going any to my YouTube videos, John, there's always going to be a link to where you can go to sign up on a bunch of different podcast, uh, platforms. So you can avail yourself there as well. So, uh, we, we really enjoy the podcast realm of, as, as you guys are so magnificent with it. So, um, so it's just great to be there. And uh, yeah, we've uh, actually we're number six uh, in um, in uh, U.S. news, uh, and awesome. we even hit a number five trending. I liked. I was saying we're we were just behind Steve Bannon when uh, the War Room on number six, but then uh, when they were they showed the trending stats, we actually jumped ahead of him by two. Wow! So I was wow. like, okay. Now, for all I know, we're back at like twenty now. But hey, we'll take it. You know, <laughs> it's kind of like a ratings war. It's a the ratings war room. That's right. that's right. That's great. So, Steve, you've uh, you know, it's good to hear your perspective because, as you know, the fake news is so strong out there that somebody asked me on Facebook yesterday, would I put my hand on a Bible and swear that the election was fraudulent? And I said, absolutely, I would. I believe that wholeheartedly. And a lot of people, just before we go, Todd brought this up. The reaction no matter how, whatever decision tree we go to where this election outcome changes, I think the next step is how as a country are we going to deal with the other side because they're misinformed. They don't know about the Constitution and they also think very little of it because they don't, they don't support it. They keep trampling on it. What do you think is going to happen? Are we going to have states trying to leave the union? You know, it's, it's anybody's guess. I got to tell you something. When, when I'm asked, uh, I'm, I'm often asked, what do I think is the most serious situation we're, we're facing today? Not just here in the States, but in, in, in the world. And they're thinking, you know, wars and China or whatever. And I, I just keep coming back from, from my analysis. I keep coming back to this notion the number one issue that we're facing is, are we going to be able to hold together as a nation? Right. And so we have to understand since December 25th, 1991, when the Soviet Union fell, right, the most atheistic regime in human history falls on Christmas Day. Mm -hmm. God has a beautiful sense of humor. Yes, he and, does. And, and um, we have to understand over 35 countries have been added to the world map since then. I mean, Russia lost a third of its territories literally overnight. Overnight, right. And we're, secession tendencies have never been stronger right now. I mean, mm -hmm. just even look at the U United Kingdom is barely holding together at this right. point. Canada is having a hard time holding together. So everywhere we look, what's happened is that the modern age, the modern world starting around the 18th century, which where our nation state map more or less consolidated it goes through obviously a number of different versions up through world war ii and the like but stayed relatively stable 50 60 70 years that's unraveling we're moving more into a postmodern world now and the postmodern world is is very suspicious of any kind of one size fits all political and economic system they're all going back to cultural pluralism you know nation right. culture custom tradition and race and ethnicity and then the ten thousand dollar question is is our polyethnic nation state and this is everyone's asking this question is our polyethnic nation state going to be able to hold together right. in the midst of that so we're going through our own version of that tension right now and i i really don't know the answer to that i i've i've said we're we're entering into an age where liberalism is dead it's just got to work itself out. And now we have two nationalisms. This is our, uh, this is our, uh, these are our options. We can either 
re-embrace our civic nationalism, which is what President Trump was championing, where we're all bound by common, uh, uh, by common borders, by common economy and a common culture. And that's where our Judeo-Christian culture really kicks in. Again, we saw this in the election where a higher uh, amount of Latinos has started voting Republican than ever before because right. they're attracted particularly to the pro-life plank of the Republican Party. You've got to have the, the, the cultural conservatism holding together the, the nationalism and the populism. It's a winning formula. Long term, it's, it's the dominant formula. Or we end up breaking up into the cultural Marxist sort of identity politics and we start balkanizing around ethnicity and race. Right. And that's the obvious of the problems that they're having in Europe. It's problems that they're having in India. There's problems we're having all over the world. So that's though it's that's where we're going. It's either a civic nationalism or it's an ethno nationalism. Right. One or the other, but we're we're going to the right one way or the other, as it were. It's either the civic right or this alt right, where BLM is every bit as much a part of that as any white nationalist group. Absolutely, Dr. Steve Turley. It is always great to have you on. The listeners love hearing from you. Thank you for joining us again. My pleasure. Oh, thanks, guys. It's great to be with you as always. Always great to have you. Merry Christmas, Steve. Merry Christmas yes. to you guys. Absolutely. God Absol bless you. God bless you. This is the Patriot and the Preacher, and we will be right back. We are back with the Patriot and the Preacher, and this is a really special guest, especially for me. I grew up in the Bay Area. I listened to Melanie Morgan every morning, and uh, now she's a guest on the show. Melanie is a legend out there in the Bay Area. She worked at KSFO worked for KGO-TV, and now she's the chairman of Move America Forward. Melanie, welcome to the show. Oh, I could not be more thrilled to be here today. You guys are amazing. You're doing such great work, and I really appreciate the opportunity to be on. Well, like I said, it's we've been on the air seven years, and we finally got you, so we're excited. Hey, I've been here. Where have you guys been? <laughs> well, you've been on lockdown out there in California. That is for sure. And it's getting really old. It's uh, gotten to the point where the United States Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch has told our governor that uh, it is illegal and unconstitutional for you to uh, keep uh, Californians from their churches. But that's yeah. exactly what is happening. It is. That's exactly what's happening. Can you give you do so many things. The Troopathon, you've got Move America Forward. Tell us about America, Move America Forward and what you're doing. I know you got a lot of plans. Give the listeners yeah. an idea. Well, thank you for asking. I do appreciate it. Move America Forward is one of the longest running um, charities that serves our troops who are in harm's way in Iraq and Afghanistan. We've been sending them care packages. I mean, one-stop care packages uh, since 2004. And it's been a real honor to be able to do that. But COVID, unfortunately, has made things extremely difficult for us. And it has been... Um, to the point where our charity has almost gone bankrupt as many charities have mm -hmm. but we have just been plugging away and we have been um, asking people for donations so what happens is that we send a personalized care package to every single troop who's still in iraq and afghanistan or in a hot spot mm -hmm. across the world with a personalized message from you and that's one of the the great things about our program is that people actually get to have a real relationship with a member of the united states military wow that's amazing. That really is. Uh, Melanie, tell us, you're, you have been somebody that's been out front of issues. I remember when you were, you were, you helped get Gray Davis out of office long, long time ago. So tell us what you're doing in California. I know that you are, you are disobeying Gavin, King Gavin Newsom's <laughs> order. So tell us about that. Well, we've been on lockdown, as many of you know, longer and harder than the rest of the country. I mean, we got locked down back in March um, and it's wiped out small business. And it has just really been such an upsetting thing for me because so many people I know have lost their businesses, their careers. And yes, some people have lost their lives. Our suicide rate has gone up. Uh, mm -hmm. Drug and alcohol dependency has gone up. It has been a nightmare for us. And then our governor uh, decides to make the same mistake twice because the COVID rate is surging. Even though we did everything that we were supposed to, we wore the masks, we socially distanced, we stayed away from people and washed our hands. And now we're back in the same place that we were. Only this time, the 
lockdown is even more draconian. For instance, we cannot even go outside and have a picnic with a friend, even if we were six feet apart. And for instance, the thing that has upset me most is that we cannot pray. We cannot come together in a socially distanced or responsible way at a church anywhere in California, despite the fact that the United States Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch ruled that unconstitutional and told Gavin Newsom, as well as Governor Cuomo, that they can't do that. They simply have to. And now here's the whole thing about praying in our church and our religion and our faith and what it means to us. Um, the Gallup poll has just come out and it's shown that the single most important thing for our morale during this yeah. pandemic has been prayer. Right. And they refuse to allow us to do that. Yeah. This is unbelievable stuff, Melanie. I mean, as a pastor and talking to so many people in California all the time, I pastored out there for 16 years myself. I just can't believe that we're dealing with this in the United States of America. And, I, you know, as other states, like I'm out here in Nashville right now, we're looking at California and we're like, what is going on? But I know it's happening other places, but you guys are getting at the brunt of this. Uh, it's unbelievable because, like you said, suicide rate, opioid addictions, all kinds of addictions, marital counseling, all these things. You know, I know there's Zoom and all that, and that's great, but there's not, the, the First Amendment says we have the right to assemble. No one has suspended our Constitution. How are they getting away with this? It doesn't make any sense. How is he getting away with it? Well, the governor has apparently declared himself dictator of California. He has said that the executive authority that he now has in his own hands allows him to remake California in a progressive image. Um, and it, it's a bold statement for sure. But, you know, um, a lot of people are now beginning to realize that our constitutional liberties are at stake here and people who have never been involved before are getting involved. For instance, we're doing a couple of things here this week um, and next week. The first thing that uh, we're going to be doing is we are going to be having a zombie um, demonstration because, uh, unfortunately, the COVID killing uh, policies, that lockdown policies, are ruining our small businesses. So we are going to put tombstones up all around our downtown areas and ask you know people to uh, come to our zombie tables uh, because we're trying to make a point that we are the living dead right now in California. But a more affirmative action that we're taking is we are gonna go sing Christmas carols in front of our churches, violating the governor's lockdown rule. We're not allowed to sing, you know, because sing, singing might actually has the virus, according <laughs> to our governor. So we're not allowed to do that. We're not allowed to even spread out and, and offer our voices unto the Lord. And it is heartbreaking. It is. Melanie, before we go, I know there are a couple different campaigns to recall Gavin Newsom. Are you, do you think that there's any chance that that's actually going to happen? Well, you know, I would have been a little bit more doubtful um, a few weeks ago, mm -hmm. but with the newest lockdown, absolutely, I think there's a really, really good chance that this can happen. In fact, the mainstream media has acknowledged the San Francisco Chronicle wrote a story just a couple of days ago that even the governor's staff, his closest advisors and the governor himself is getting very scared about the backlash that has grown across California because you can't lock people down. You can't strip them of their right to earn a living and not expect to pay a price politically. And we're going to hold the governor's feet to the fire because while his restaurant and wineries are making millions of dollars, $3 million, while some people who have small businesses haven't received a dime yet, either in unemployment compensation that actually went to criminals on death row in San Quentin or through um, the PPP program, they've received nothing. So you can't expect people to starve to death gracefully. And that's no. not going to happen. Yeah. No, not at all. Reminds me of uh, the video that Nancy Pelosi did with her. Yeah, the ice cream. Yeah, the ice cream. Let <laughs> them eat ice cream. Did you see what I did? Um, when my response to Nancy Pelosi when that? No, happened? I didn't see. It. What was that? Okay, you were one of you guys are one of two people in the world who didn't hear about it because we got some of my lady friends um, where I live here in Northern California, and uh, we got our hair blow dryers, hundreds of hair blow dryers, and we went over to Nancy Pelosi's mansion in Pacific Heights in San Francisco and decorated her front lawn with hair blow dryers to remind her that there are people suffering. And wow. in fact, I'm leaving here in just a few minutes to go over to another um, beauty salon parlor lockdown uh, protest. We're going to 
our local uh, doctor, uh, medical director here in Marin County, where I live, and we're going to protest the lockdowns again because these people are suffering. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, you kind of use a little political humor to get your message yes. across, and that one worked pretty yes. well. No, we appreciate it. This is what more Americans need to be doing right now, Melanie. We need to get out there. You know, they talk about resist. We need to resist. I mean, this is tyranny, and uh, it's time to stand up. And thank you so much for what you're doing. We really appreciate it. It's really an honor to be on your show. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thank How can you, we Melanie. find you on social media, Melanie? Okay, that'd be wonderful. Um, you know, we're we're everywhere. We're we're on Stop the Scalpings on Facebook, and uh, you can tweet at us. Or I'm on Parlor at, Mel- at Melanie Morgan at Radio West, and uh, I would love some help out there too. Absolutely, Melanie Morgan. Thanks. Such a great honor to have you on. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Of course. This is the Patriot, the Preacher, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to The Patriot and the Preacher. We have an amazing guest joining us, and he just wrote a book called called Finding Begano, In Search of the Man Whose Testimony Shook the Church and the World. Robert Monahan, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for inviting me. It's great to have you. So as we, we didn't get a chance to review your book, unfortunately, but we got to skim it. So what prompted you? What prompted Arch, this archbishop to release an 11-page testimony exposing the, the corruption of the church and calling for the Pope's resignation? Well, it was a long process where he evaluated his whole career as a very faithful and rather quiet uh, church official, one of the very highest in the top 10, maybe even about six or seven And even though he was not a cardinal, just in terms of the functioning in the curia, he was at the desk where all sorts of papers came across his desk and the next person to get them was either the secretary of state or the Pope himself. So he watched this career pass by. He he then became the nuncio or ambassador of the United States, uh, of the Vatican to the United States. And then he retired. And then in the summer of 2018, two things happened. It was revealed that Cardinal Theodore McCarrick had credibly been accused of molesting a minor. Uh, I should also say that there's never been a trial on any of these charges, but the Vatican at that point finally took action against McCarrick. But Vigano had been receiving reports at that desk job really as early as the early 2000s, 2006, 2008, and he had written memos saying we need to take firm action, but he hadn't been told what had been done from his superiors. In the summer of 2018, he saw this report. He said, perhaps I should have done more or, or shouted more loudly. And then the next thing in August of 2018, the Pennsylvania grand jury issued its report saying hundreds of children and uh, dozens of priests had been involved over 50 or 60 years in incidents of molestation. Hmm. He then said, I'm going to say that there's a kind of culture of cover-up of hiding the truth and not addressing it directly. And I'm gonna put it all down on a piece of paper and publish it. And he did that at the end of August, 2018. And because he named top names in the church, and said, we really have failed uh, our people. He went into hiding because he simply felt that there might be some, he, he had, he himself was never afraid of anything, but he felt from the advice of some friends that it might be prudent to disappear. And he's been really disappeared now for the last two years and three months in a, in a small place that's quite safe that he is living in. And that's the place where he told me, come and find me here. He gave me his address because he trusted me. So you were one of the few people to meet with him. And that's, that's pretty amazing. So what did you discover about, about him? Well, we're talking about crisis of two loyalties, two conflicts. The first is to truth itself. And the second is to all of your team, whichever team you're in, could be the military, could be the government. In this case, it was the hierarchy of the Catholic Church. And it, even in a family, 
this arises, maybe with regard to a brother or a father or when do you tell the truth and at what point, how publicly do you tell it? What form does it take? And he finally decided that there were too many victims. There was such an entrenched culture that even though there were systems in place, they weren't working. So his conscience placed truth telling above his loyalty and he's quite a loyal prelate. He's an archbishop, but he, it, it was trumped by this feeling that he needed to tell the truth to kind of jar the church into a more open, more tr transparent culture. Wow. Robert, this is pretty groundbreaking stuff. You know, I, I was raised in the Catholic faith and, you know, I'm a pastor in, in the Christian faith now, but, uh, you know, I understand the culture of the Catholic church. Mo most of my family being Italian, many are Catholic. Uh, you know, during the election cycle, there was uh, a letter that was written, apparently. And um, was this the same gentleman that wrote that letter to President Trump? Yes. Can you go into that? Because that was one of the most groundbreaking letters I think I've ever heard in my life. And when I, my, it was jaw dropping to me, especially yeah. coming from the Catholic Church and knowing the way the, you know, it works. Can you get into some details about that letter? Well, of course. The... Uh... Vigano himself is an Italian who is trained in the finest universities of Italy. He was a lawyer. Then he went into the church. It's a common tradition. He then became, he was chosen to be one of the top Vatican diplomats. It went to the diplomatic school. Some people say the Vatican's diplomacy is the best in the world. It's sort of a minimum of four languages, if not five, fluently in order to serve. Uh, he then of course, uh, knew John Paul II very well, and he watched very closely. He was right at John Paul's side for many years, and he watched as the Soviet Union finally collapsed. Yes. He knew about that communist culture and about the oppression that had occurred in Poland. And then he watched Pope Benedict XVI, who had been raised in Nazi Germany as a young boy. His father was an opponent of the Nazis, but he himself was enrolled by law in the Hitler Youth. Mm. Now, Watching these things and seeing what was uh, happening in the generally um, oppressive atmosphere of politically correct thinking, he started to sense that the, the church, Christian believers, people who believe that there's a transcendent and a holy and a personal element to, the, to existence in this world, were forbidden to believe these things, first in the Soviet Union and increasingly in our sort of so-called liberal West. Right. And so he began to speak, uh, to, to reflect on these things, and he began to say, what is my mission? What is my calling? I am an archbishop. I'm a guide and leader to my people. And uh, he said, I'm going to write to Trump. And I'm going to say, I don't think he ever would have canonized Trump, but what he recognized in Trump is a man who, in some odd way, is fulfilling a providential role when the general tendency of the whole culture is to deny everything that our forefathers regarded as sacred and important to preserve, both on the religious and the Christian side, on the human side, on human rights, and now on the political side and the constitution and the overthrow of the constitution of our country. So he wrote an open letter to Trump saying, be aware that you are playing a providential role. He, if Bigano is a man who's, who's, who prays daily, celebrates mass daily, there are in the Catholic Church some who are worldly, and uh, Protestants recognize that. But there are some who are very deeply wedded to the to the idea of following uh, Christ, being Absolutely. disciples of Christ. Yes, and I believe he is one of those men. I, I would agree 100% on that. I mean, he uh, what he wrote, I was uh, in, in total agreement. I felt like it was an outing, it was an expose of a very nefarious agenda that unfortunately is playing out before our eyes in our world right now. And I, I, the first thing I could just think to myself is, oh my gosh, what are going to be the repercussions for this man? I didn't know, you know, his status, if he was retired, if he was still, uh, you know, in the position, I didn't really know who he was. You kind of just uh, explain a little bit more of that, but how he's even kind of been not in hiding, but almost, you know, uh, withdrawn uh, due to possible threats, you know? And so it, it all kind of makes sense. 
but I admire his, his faith and perseverance and the way that he was bold and came out and really exposed what's going on. And you've been, uh, you know, working, I mean, what an amazing thing that you actually got to go meet with him and, and write this book and uh, tell us a little bit more about that experience. Well, first of all, I would say it's, it's cost me something. I, I'm, I've lost about 30 pounds. I'm a skinny guy anyway. And wow. over the past year, as I prepared this, there were some signals that came to me that I ought not to write the book, mm. that, uh, that I might have difficulties as. Uh, my, my profession, I'm a reporter, and I've been reporting on the church, and in particular on the Vatican, <clears throat> for about 30 years. Excuse me. <clears throat> so I was afraid that... Uh, my position might be in difficulty. And then I'm, I'm frightened of, of splitting the church into factions. I, I really believe in unity and that uh, when we think deeply, uh, we find things that bring us together. I would say, just as anyone would feel about their own family, when there's some problem, there could be alcoholism or drug use, or there could be loss of a job. People try to pull together, say, well, okay, this is, isn't good, but we're family. Well, we're church. And the world, let's say, would delight in the, in the splitting apart and uh, fighting of members of any Christian church, including especially perhaps the largest, which is the Catholic Church. So I wanted to kind of save Vigano by going and presenting him as a person, as a man, not as an ideologue, because he's been character, caricatured as a man who is uh, uh, almost fanatical, uh, as a man who's speaking about Christ, but not doing so in a sense of the, of the difficulty that people in their everyday lives face, which is the whole question of how do you treat pastorally all sorts of, 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 of sins and um, in, in, in sexuality and in family life and in divorce, et cetera. But the church is always calling people to the better angels of their nature, and it cannot embrace the, the idea that there is no sin, that there is no evil. And so it has to be a teacher, and Vigano wishes to be a teacher, and I wanted to present that, not just a kind of Savonarola figure shouting uh, denunciations of everyone else. And in fact, on three occasions, as we talked for several days, he actually broke into tears. Mm. Not into tears, I should say. A, a, a tear formed in his eye and kind of one tear came down out of his eye because he, he, he's been under pressure. And um, he's, uh, he, he said to me, I went to Pope Francis with the utmost loyalty and I told him different things even about McCarrick. But then later he said that uh, he took no action, and uh, even when I wrote my testimony and said he should have taken action, he denied that I had spoken to him. So um, I, I can summarize this by saying we've got what we call the, the deep state in our country, yeah. which has a consensus on how our country ought to evolve and what our laws ought to be. There is, in a sense, a deep church in the Catholic Church, and it may be among Protestant denominations as well. We believe People it is. Who, who, are, who, are, who are going away from the traditions of the church fathers, going away from many of the teachings of Jesus himself, and they're saying it's because we're advanced, we're more right. progressive now. Mm -hmm. And this deep church is being denounced by Vigano, but as he's looked at it, he started to see that it's going hand in hand with a deep state that wants the support, the moral support of a global religion and is trying to infiltrate the Protestant and Catholic churches to get its men in place so that they can make a grand alliance. And this right. is what he stands against. This is why he's a fascinating figure. Very fascinating. Very fascinating. <clears throat> I was about to ask you about the modernization of the church, but you answered that perfectly with what you just said, and that's what's happening. Robert, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciated having you on. Do you think anyone wants to read the book? I think they would. I'm fascinated by it. I'm going to read it. Finding Vigano in Search of the Man Whose Testimony Shook the Church and the World. Available everywhere. Robert, thanks so much. Thank you, Robert. Yes. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Todd. And uh, thank you for your ministries. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Thank you. Bye.
This is the Patriot and the Preacher, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Patriot, the Preacher. We just want to thank all three of our guests. We just we're so we feel so blessed to have the right people on each and every time, Todd. Yeah, um, all of our guests bring a lot of perspective, and we're uh, we're we're happy to have them on. The audience always enjoys them. Before we go, we keep talking about China. I just want to bring this up because you have some information you want to share as well. But yeah. Rebel Media yeah. has obtained documents proving can the Canadian government has been training Chinese troops in cold weather warfare. It's a capitulation, Mark. I mean, it's, uh, it's Trudeau and his really pro-Marxist uh, values that see nothing wrong with China and uh, their exertion of their influence on North America and around the world. I mean, if you talk to anybody in Africa and the Horn and South Africa and Australia, uh, parts of Eurasia and, and different parts, they'll tell you the influence of China and its growing influence there that most Americans, unless you travel abroad frequently or don't speak, understand, don't That's understand. Right. And now yeah. it's come to the Northern Hemisphere and it's come to countries surrounding the United States. And this is a very big problem. And if we don't contain China now, uh, we're going to be run by China. And that's basically what Trudeau, he's like a Biden in his thinking. And so Joe Biden coming in would simply open the door to uh, the full Chinization of the world. I mean, the one belt, one road system, which mm -hmm. is globalism and the one world government. That's where we're headed if this happens. Absolutely. That is where we're headed. And it seems to be, we seem to be on a high speed course towards that. And so we wanted to bring that up just to reiterate, China is a threat. They've been interfering. They've been globalizing across yeah. the world. And we need to understand that this is how serious the stories, the true stories we know now about Hunter Biden, Joe and his brother. Um, besides Joe, he's not under investigation yet, but his son and brother and brother are for the money laundering and the deals they did. And we need to understand something. Steve just mentioned this. This country has a choice and we need to make the right choice because the result will change the world in this country forever. We need to stand up. And Todd, I just want to say something. You know, everybody's been offended by what you and I have been talking about. I remember Thomas Paine, his famous saying, he yeah. who dares not offend cannot be honest. We need to be honest with ourselves internally and about what's going on in this country. This is a coup that's happening right now before our eyes. And the mainstream media is the mouthpiece for that propaganda. Unfortunately, the truth, Mark, and I think we need to pray about this as we get ready to close because it's just so scary. And uh, we're on this precipice moment of, Absolutely. you know, any moment now we could hear a response from the Supreme Court that could really change things either mm -hmm. for the good or for the bad. So let's pray. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity to represent you in this time in our nation when there's so much at stake we've talked about many of the issues but we can't even cover all of them on today's show there's just so many and as we as we pray for a restoration moment a miracle a christmas miracle really mm -hmm. uh lord that that you would have the supreme court stand on the foundations of this nation's constitution and rule in a way that is righteous and in a way that would exert what the Constitution is meant to do, which is to, to bring law and order to this land in such a way that honors you. And so we pray, Lord God, that this would be a last minute reprieve once again, and that you would give us favor, our president favor and our nation favor as they go to the Supreme Court. And we thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Todd. We want to thank all of our all of our listeners for joining us. We will be back next week. And as Todd and I have said it over and over again, this is the time to pray and not cease because we're going to see miracles happen. We all know it. So keep praying for your nation and for President Trump. And we appreciate you joining us. We'll be back next week. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. And please share the show wherever you're listening and share on social media. Let everybody know this is Todd Coconato, the preacher. And this is Mark Anthony, your patriot. Like us on Facebook. Go find us on Parlor. We like to be liked. We'll see you next week. Hello, my name is Pastor Todd Coconato, and I also uh, run an organization called Remnant News, and it is a ministry. What we're doing is we're putting information out there that you can't find on the mainstream media. We're like a David versus Goliath. 
We're putting this information out for those with ears to hear and eyes to see. We call you the remnant, people that are willing to, to stand for the full Bible in this hour. But we need your help, ladies and gentlemen. We can't do this without you. Um, like I said, we're David versus Goliath. And uh, these big media corporations, they have so much money, so much resources, guys like George Soros and others that pour in money. And we don't have that. Uh, we're just a grassroots ministry that's uh, doing our best to uh, accommodate the needs of the body of Christ in this hour. But if you're able, please sign up on our website, toddcoconato.com, toddcoconato.com slash give. And you know, if you can give a monthly amount, that would be huge. $5, $10, $20, $100, you know, obviously, if you're able to give a higher amount, that helps us a lot, but we understand that it's a tough time right now. We just need your help. So if more of you step up and are able to give, we can continue to do this and grow in the midst of this very trying time so that we can get uh, the truth out there to the remnant body of Christ in this hour. Listen, guys, I'm just trying to follow my calling. It's scary at times. I'm going to be honest with you. We look at the bills. We don't know how we're going to do it. Uh, only by God's grace. And only with amazing people like you can we do this. So thank you. Uh, you know, do what you can to help if you're able. That would be a huge blessing. And we're going to continue to do what we do in fighting in this major battle that we're in right now as a nation and world. Thank you and God bless you.